0: We are going to be focusing on a passage in 2 Timothy that was read earlier, 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul writing and he declares, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, it is that as a church, as a community, we get to that place where we know what we believe. It must come from the pages of the word of God into our hearts, into our lives, translated in how we behave. Because our children, they are taking from us and they will live like us at some point because they are learning from our examples. The passage before us is one that I have spent much time thinking about, praying about, contemplating. And I actually said to Sister Louise perhaps two days ago, I am not sure whether... I'm going to be pre- us to a long sermon or I need to just preach a little and then invite us to pray. Where do we go? I preach a little and pray. You don't need to worry. Yesterday I spent the entire day, literally the entire day, at a funeral the entire day, I got home night. So I don't intend to keep you here all day. But let us keep focused though. There are perhaps two words I would like for us to bear in mind as we go forward. Transition and transaction. Two important words. Paul, the man of God, who on various occasions would time to defend his apostleship, found it necessary to write about a young man whom he had found favor with or in. He had come to regard him as a son in the faith. And I oftentimes think that Paul might have been a very difficult person to live with based on the standards that he operated with. He was a man of real order. And people of that nature, you can really have trouble living with them because everything and anything you do might just be wrong. But Paul was a man led by the Spirit. Paul impacted him to a young minister whose life impacted him in a positive way. So much so that he calls him his beloved child. And Paul took time to extend greetings to him. In the name of God, he declares grace, mercy, and peace from God be with you. Amen. It is my understanding That Timothy must have been an extraordinary Christian, young Christian, for somebody so mature, somebody of the caliber of Paul, to speak so glowingly about him. Because seniors don't give credit unless it is due rarely do we give credit unless really they are outstanding because we often think well if I tell him it will get to his head and he may not do may not continue but Paul took time out to share with Timothy how he felt about him and the question is When last did you tell a young person? I'm now speaking to seniors. When last did you call a young person and say, I am really proud of you. I appreciate you. You are in church and you are speaking up and you are involved in prayer and fasting and all else that's going on. A word of encouragement is good. But Paul must have found something very special in the account in man. The account in this text speaks to to Paul's impeccable life. Having lived, he was now evaluating his own life. And he looked back back at those who Influenced his life so that he could reach that place in life. Paul prayed earnestly for Timothy. He prayed passionately and consistently for him because he was convinced that in Timothy lived. The faith of his grandmother and his mother. It was transferred from Timothy, rather from Lois to Eunice. And now I am sure that this faith is living, abiding, residing in you. This is something that we should be able to speak about. All of us sitting here today, I am sure it would be our joy and our pride to stand up and say, I can see Jesus in my sons, in my daughters, in my household. That's something we all should desire. Paul prayed for Timothy. And then he spoke about his discovery. He said, I am convinced that the same faith that in your grandmother and your mother is also in you. I remember, says Paul, the integrity of Timothy. He was honest and faithful. Timothy, no doubt, lived a life that was in keeping with God's word among his peers. Be an example, despite the fact that you are young. If you are young, you don't have to go about making excuses to say, well, I'm young, so I can't do any better. No, you can be an example because the same spirit that is leading the seniors is the same spirit that is leading you. You can for God. So it's not about age. It's about your desire for God. It is about your desire. So Timothy lived in the presence of everyone. A plain life. Uncluttered by the things around him. And I want to spend a few more minutes to examine how faith is transitioned from one generation to another. I said it from this pulpit, perhaps a year ago, and I said it again, and I'm saying it again. My reading of what's happening at Constance Spring Road is that we grow up our children in the church. We expose them to reading, and sermons, and great music, and all of these things. But the cyclists, once they get to a certain age, once they would have matriculated into college and into university, They lack interest. They don't want to come. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me that I'm not reading right. Tell me it is not your experience. Tell me this morning that this is what we have been seeing and experiencing. And the fact is we need to do something about it. For if you are happy with your boys and your girls going in different directions and elsewhere to worship, I am not comfortable with that. Because if this ship, a place worthy to come for worship, then my family should want to come with me. Amen. I have nothing to hide, do I? So they need to come with me. They need to come with you so that together we can praise the Lord. Paul remembers Timothy's faith. Paul speaks to the the genuineness of his faith. And he declares it started with his grandmother, Lois. And then it came down. To his mother, Eunice. And then to Timothy. Faith is something that we can transfer. It moves from one person to another. Like the brother said last week when we lay hands. And I often speak about a particular spirit in my family. My mother's side. And I have taken a decision. That I don't want that golden spirit to dominate my life, nor that of my children. Because there are some things that just seed that just follow family. And we need to determine what we are going to carry. There are some things that we need to break. As a congregation, we need to break the cycle. We need to break that cycle. And it can only be done when we pray. If you know another way, then tell me. The fact is I don't think there's another way. Because our children would all be here. Because we faith, we? we love them. Faith is transitioned by intentional integrity. That's the first point. Faith or faith is transitioned by intentional integrity. It is all about my behavior. My behavior must be consistent. At home, as in church, and wherever else I go. The quality of being honest and fair, to take responsibility for personal actions, that's integrity. So therefore, I must not be a saint at church. And when I go home, I'm the sick and relate to me. And when I go to work, I am the same as others. Nothing is different about me. But when I'm in church, oh, hallelujah. I am a saint beyond the ordinary. Do you think if we all come? take our life seriously, as some of us do about making money, as we do about pleasure, as we do about the aesthetics of our home and office and wherever else, if we took that same position about transitioning our faith, I believe it would work. I believe it can work. But then I want to also say that faith is transitioned by intentional indoctrination. Some of us don't believe it is true, or it ought to be, but the Rastaman will lock his little boy from day one because he believes in the doctrine of Rastafarianism. And the Muslim will teach his little boy and his little girl from the day they enter this life about their faith, about their religion. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they will do likewise. And they have them with them on the street corner. Oh, but what do we do? Tell me, I won't tell you because we all know what we do. How many of us take our children to go witnessing out there on a Saturday morning, on a Saturday evening? How many of us take time to encourage our children to take a track and go give to somebody somewhere? The Jehovah's Witnesses do that. And so their children grow up into the faith. Knowing that handing out tracts and books and whatever is part of their kingdom requirement, and they will do it. And there are those who will go to church on Saturday, and they religiously will go because something is pulling them. But what do we find about those from our homes? Do they have that drive? Do they have that inclination to want to come? Indoctrination, really, is something that all of us should do to teach to someone fully to accept the ideas, opinions, and beliefs of our religion. And yet, give them a chance to see what others believe. For it is not just about us. Let them do the comparison. But the fact is, if we are sure about what we believe, about what we are living, then we need not fear letting our children know. For they will follow or example. My brothers and sisters, this is how personal faith is transferred. We must be unapologetic about Bible readings at home, we must be unapologetic about the prayer meetings we call whether they are called at the right time or the wrong time, we must not apologize because we cannot always say it is going to be six o'clock. You might just have to call an impromptu meeting because something has gone wrong and you need to pray. When our children know for sure that faith is real, when they are sick, when they are sick, they will say like the little six-year-old or a little seven-year-old, Mommy, why not ask God to help you? It is because they have heard it said, We need to inculcate such into them. For it will grow up in them. And as they grow older, they will live that out. I will never forget... Sunday morning, I was really challenged and we had a really big problem at home. And when the devil did his job, I had to stand up and fight like a real man. And I remember Marlon saying to me, Daddy, your mother would be proud of you. Why? Isn't it because of what he has seen? It is because of what he had seen if it's not there they won't have anything to look to there must be an account from which they can draw yes teach them at home in our prayer meetings Bible readings We sometimes slacken up on this, but we need to get back to it. Because there's no other way that we are going to influence our children. We are living in the age when our children, they they don't mix much with people, gadgets, small groups. They have their friends and they stay online. They will lock away from you for the whole day because they have the world before them. It's all online. So we need to engage them in a time of prayer. In a time of reading the word. In a time of demonstrating that there is still power in prayer. But then, what if your children, your precious children, do not facilitate this transition even of your faith may I recommend that you continue to love and care for them but of equal importance do not give up on praying for them do not give up fasting for them do not cease Making mention of them before God. And I can tell you this. We need to spend some time praying for our children this morning. If you are not aware. I may be in the same position like you. I may not be aware of some things. But I saw something that really shocked me. Not too, too long ago. And I won't talk to anybody about it that is sufficient and it is all about somebody that is real with a connection, with a connection. What are we going to do? Just forget them? No! We are going to love them. We are going to continue to care for them we are going to spend a little more time or perhaps much more time for the truth is some of us have not prayed enough. Talk to me somebody. Some of us have not prayed enough. Some of us have not fasted enough. We need to get involved. Because some things will not just happen by being a Christian. Some things will not just happen because you come to a church that believes in prayer and fasting. For these things, the word says, cometh not, but by prayer and fasting, deep digging and exploring. Because God wants to do something for us. He wants to do something for us. I could go on for one more hour this morning, but I'm going to break. I've got the energy to go. What if your children do not receive the transfer? Keep on praying for them. You see, what has actually happened? Faith is transitioned. But Satan has done a transaction with our sons and our daughters. With our husbands and wives and all those of our household. The devil has done a transaction. So he has given them something that will satisfy them for the know. And it gives the feeling that, man, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about a thing. Smoke and get a high. Drink and get a high. Take all the pleasures that you want. Feel good. The devil has done a transaction. Why? Because he wants them to turn away from the truth. The devil knows that if faith is transitioned, our children will live out the faith. They know. For if there is no transferal of the faith, there's going to be a lack. And we need to see more of this this transfer. More of it. The faith need to be transferred from one generation to the next. And this is what is lacking. This is lacking, my brothers and sisters. I'm going to invite, first of all, the leaders of this congregation.